as long as you are happening to other people, then you matter mm-hmm. because you're affecting their perception of the world. And so once you stop happening, then that's, that's it. That's it. Right. So unless again, unless in this case, now, if you're a hermit, you're already dead. Yep. Cause well, no, maybe. Because as a hermit, you are happening to, I guess, like a hillside or something. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 106 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm speaking into a microphone. I'm Sam, and I make art. And today is July 11th, 2017. Warning. (laughs) Anything can happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, and we're going to talk about some stuff. So if you don't like to hear swears, get your face away from the the computer or radio yep. or whatever it is you're mm-hmm. using to listen. I was like, actually, I'm yep. just very impressed that with every date, you're somehow able to put some stank put on, some on stank it. On. <laughs> but a few of them have not. A few of them have been stank free, which I have to say is always enormously disappointing. Mm-hmm. I like happens. to zag. You yeah. know, you gotta. You, gotta, you can't always guessing. right. You can't always zag because you got to be zigzagging. So That's sometimes right. You got to zig, and you know, if you zag four times, you end up right where you started. That's right. Or is it? It's three? like a right turn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, oh, so we got turn. we got some uh, some pretty pretty zany news this week. Mm-hmm. All right, so first thing. We we announced a couple episodes ago that we are opening up our mailbox over at mailbox.bscotch.net. So if people wanted to send us real things, whatever, uh, they could. Although and I think we did then forget to mention it in all subsequent episodes. We did, um, which is probably for the best because of what happened next, <laughs> which was... <laughs> Which was Giant Muskrat, one of our listeners and also uh, one of the folks who was involved in the Shenanah Jam. And also an actual Giant Muskrat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Giant Muskrat could could not participate in the Shenanah Jam, and, but he wanted to be involved, he or she. Uh, mm-hmm. And so so instead, Giant Muskrat just periodically would, would pop into the Discord channel and buy pizzas for people. Across all, the world. All around the world, which was awesome. And so, so we opened up our mailbox, and sure enough, Giant Muskrat, in true Giant Muskrat form, obliged by sending us uh, a five-pound gummy bear. It was only embiggened candy he, items. Yeah, he said, he, I've sent you some embiggened candy items. <laughs> and we got a two-pound Rice Krispie treat and two half-pound Reese's Cups. The best part was that I was gone last week for vacation, so I walked in on Monday morning and you're just like what the and there's this <laughs> huge rice crispy it's like it's like a three foot by three foot monster there's still like a whole third of it left yeah and it's and it's taking up Seth's like entire kitchen counter it is it is okay so here's the thing so rice like, crispy is not dense no marshmallows yeah. not dense rice crispy if you have a, just air if you basically. have a two pound rice crispy treat that is it's huge yeah it's like a football field it's a monster uh <laughs> yeah. and then that gummy bear we got like two ears off of it <laughs> And that's all we got so far. Yeah. This well, is this is legit. This is thirteen thousand calories of snacks. Yeah, we'll be fueling. We'll be fueling ourselves off this for for months if we can keep it all good. Yeah. yeah. So so thanks. Or one thanks. Adam lunch if he yeah, right. his lunch yeah. one day. I've actually been very uh, impressed because I've recently been trying to you know get healthier a little bit. So I'm trying to eat fewer entire bags of things and fewer entire pounds of fewer things. Bags. You know, and uh, and that's actually been going pretty well. And then we got this. 13,000 calories of delicious things, especially the Reese's Cups, because I fucking love Reese's. Yeah. It's like and, we, Adam, uh, Adam kicks in the door on Wednesday. He's like, good news, everybody. I'm going to be, from this point forward, I'm going to be eating healthy. And they're like, what, <laughs> what are these? Yeah, we open these boxes. <laughs> and, and one of and my favorite candy in the universe oh, is yeah. Reese's, you know? So then it's these giant things, and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to control <laughs> right, myself. I'll do one. I'll eat one cup. But I didn't, though. It's a pound. It's a, <laughs> I only ate half of one cup over... Three days. Yeah, it's literally it's like a pie. We cut it into eight slices. Yeah. Are there any know? more of it left? Nope. No. It's Damn gone. you all. Well, the, <laughs> the, the problem was like because we cut it up into slices, then all of a sudden oh, it was right. like it was like in these edible chunks, and so yeah. everybody kind of would go and take a slice. Made it yep. easy. Yeah. Yep. Um. So also, I have a I have a story. It's it doesn't really go anywhere, but for some reason I have to tell it. Is it related is, to this one? No. So oh, this is okay. Uh, this was yesterday. I needed to get a hose. Okay. okay. So I, for some reason, I was just like, I was in a, like a flow state. I went to Home Depot and I was just, I was like John Wick. I was just like. You're the hose man. I know exactly where this hose is going to be. And I just fucking, I was just going. So I, I parked my car in the Home Depot parking lot and I, I get out and I'm just, I'm just fucking marching toward the door like the Terminator <laughs> to get this hose. And I get up to the door and. 
and it doesn't open. Instead, it just opens like one inch <laughs> and then it just sits there. And without it was a challenge. Yeah, and without without missing a beat, I just fucking grabbed the door <laughs> and just like pried it open. And just because it's like it's the, the two the two like sliding, sliding yeah, doors. Yeah. So I just fucking like I just marched up there and just grabbed the door and just wrenched it open <laughs> and just kept going. And I was thinking the whole time, I was like, I bet that looked really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Went and got my hose. Went home. It was it's nice to be strong enough to pry doors open with your bare Terminator hands. I think, but the problem did you did you actually stop for a moment first, or did you, was it just all one motion? It's just one motion. Somehow, somehow, I was just better. like in my mind as I was walking to this door, I was just like, this door better open fast <laughs> enough because I'm going in that yeah. Home Depot. It would have been and even better though if you, as you were walking up oh, to it, and saw that it wasn't going to open. You just punched it both fists though so one into each door just through punched them both right off of their little rails yes and so they just came flying into the into the space and shattered across the floor as you walk in i thought you were going to say that the reason <laughs> the doors the debris. only open a little bit is because it was actually closed and you just like That's what I was broke <laughs> into home depot stole no, a hose i think, I think <laughs> somebody comes up they're like we're closed it's like pushes them pushes them away grabs them by the mouth and opens their mouth yeah. until their so, head explodes. So, there, so there's that scene in the fast and the furious <laughs> i think number seven where the rock is he's in an arm cast when he flexes his cast off he goes <laughs> yes. he, has, he says to his daughter he says daddy's got to go to work he explodes the cast off his arm and then the next scene is is there's a drone flying in the air, and then the rock hits the drone by ramping off of an overpass with an ambulance, <laughs> crushes the drone. And, the and we're talking about a military drone, not one of yes, those. Yes, like a guys. like a predator drone. Yeah, he hits it with an ambulance, and then he, and then, and then the ambulance is laying on its side, and you're like, oh no, is he okay? Because he was just in a giant crash. The ambulance is on his side, and he just punches the glass off of the like the windshield. But like the whole windshield, the just whole pops windshield off. pops off, and now it's like a vertical door. And he just he walks out of the ambulance like it's a door. <laughs> and I was just like, I feel like sometimes you gotta you gotta do things in life with that level of you gotta be the intensity. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> so that was I did that to get my hose. That's that was awesome. what I did. <laughs> All right, so Sam, you were uh, you were gone. You were on yeah. vacation. So actually, Sam was gone last week, even though we had an episode because we we pre-recorded it, mm-hmm. which is why it was uh, unusual. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yep. So let's, let's hear about this trip. Where'd you go? Yeah. So I went to uh, Yellowstone and the Tetons with Dinah's family. And for those who aren't familiar, it's the two national parks that are pretty close together, uh, about an hour away from each other up in the western United States, and the Yellowstone is full of all sorts of really weird geological features because it's actually a huge volcano. Yeah. It's just it's a super. It's a super volcano. Super volcano is just chilling underground. And so what this means is that there's tons of really weird geysers, uh, sulfur springs. There's a lot of rotten egg smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of very strange pools that yes. basically if you Volcanoes fall in, have a certain stink. Yeah. You know? But if you fall in one of these pools, it will basically just murder you. Yeah. So... Murder pools. Very exciting. Uh, also, lots of bison, lots of bears, uh, and elk. So that's Yellowstone, and then the Tetons is is just south of that, and it's this big mountain range that is was created from some some big uh, tectonic activity, and they're huge, and they just kind of jut up out of the middle of like a meadow. So it's a really it's an it's an interesting sort of idyllic looking place because you look out and it's just this green sort of grass meadow. There's little lakes and rivers that are basically flat, like not much, not much going on. And then there's just mountains all of a sudden. But yeah. it turns out all those little lakes and streams are just poison. Well, those ones are fine. They're far enough away from that. Um, <laughs> it turns out you're walking over grass and it's actually oozing poison <laughs> gas. It's actually, yeah, it's actually murder grass. Yeah. And it's yeah. made of fire. Uh, but they had all these warnings that, you know, they're like, animals are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And remember we talked about taking <laughs> selfies with animals a few episodes back. And they, like, everything they hand you has a thing on it where it's like, don't turn your back on an animal. Don't get within 25 feet of, or 25 an yards animal. of the bison. Mm-hmm. And don't get within 100 yards of bears and wolves because they can close that distance in like four seconds. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. And so uh, it was really funny looking at all this, all this documentation because clearly this is a problem where people are just like being idiots. <laughs> and uh, two things happened that I thought were, were of note. One is that we're at this place called Grand Prismatic Spring, which is this huge uh, sort of boiling weird pot of water that it's seeping out and over. And as a result, there's a bunch of weird bacteria that grow on the very outer edges of this where the water is slightly cooler. And each of them is a different color. And so the water is by itself very blue because of a bunch of chemicals in it. And then the very outer ring of this thing is red and orange. And so it's sort of, it actually like full rainbows into the center of this thing. 
and it's boiling hot and it's just sitting there steaming. It's just like a <laughs> really weird, smelly thing. Oh. Um, and we were walking down and away from this and they have a bunch of signs, which is like, don't touch the water because it's scalding water. But you're, so you're, you're standing on this little, <laughs> on this sort of pathway that's just on wood planks that are up above. There's no fencing or anything. So of course, if you fell, you would just, it's a bunch of rocks. So you're not going to like fall in. You're not that close. But we're, Diane and I were walking back uh, to the car and we see some like 10 year old. He's just kind of like looking at the, at the, the ground where the, cause the water is just sort of flowing over the ground very thinly. And of course there's a sign. It's like, don't touch the water. Don't touch the bacterial mats because this is all bacteria mm-hmm. on there. And the kid's like looking at it. And then Dinah sees him bend down and he puts his hand in there and then just suddenly like yanks it back. He's like, ow! <laughs> and we're like, what? How? Why? The sign is not just a suggestion. <laughs> I love yeah. I love the idea that basically, so this super volcano in Yellowstone is basically, it's predicted that if it were to erupt, it would basically annihilate like the Western hemisphere. Yes. And then it would create this ash cloud that would probably choke off most most, life. most of life on Earth, right? And it's just this sort of incredible nuclear devastation mm-hmm. level thing, just kind of like chilling there. And then we all just go over there and we're like, hey, look at this hot water. Like, <laughs> this, is so, touch it. this is so warm. This right. is crazy. <laughs> well, my favorite thing about the trip is that, you know, I think uh, we've talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, making your own definition of success for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So what does it mean for you to, to have a good life or a good profession or a good work day? Um, and you know, this does extend to vacations. So what is it, what is your actual style of vacationing? And I think traditionally in our family, especially, uh, when vacationing, like with our, with our dads, it's a very chilled out thing. Like we go to a place to not do things. That's the we goal. We vacate. Yes. Our brains, our bodies are just like, <laughs> we're I'm, gone. I'm going to go to a place where everything's taken care of and not care about anything for like five days. Uh, Diana's mother, Wendy has the opposite definition, which is. She needs to be basically completely exhausted by 4 p.m. in order for it to be like a good vacation day. It's activity it's time. It's activity time. So we'd be out hiking and we hiked the first day we hiked uh, like nine miles. And this is in high altitude. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough hike. It was toasty. Uh, next day was like five miles. The next day I think was six miles. So it was just every day was just more and more mileage. And then finally, uh, one of the final days, there's this uh, there's this path called Uncle Tom's Path. And there's this guy named... Uncle Tom used to take people back in like the the early early uh, days of the park and murder them. No, he would he would sort of <laughs> yeah. like the first tourist attraction. Okay. Is he would sort of that was much. There was a bunch of murder, a bunch yeah. of ropes and a bunch of uh, like stairs he built that went down into one of the canyons in Yellowstone, like really far down. And so it was this kind of you know adventuring thing. And Wendy like it was I think it was about like three o'clock. And Wendy's like, oh, like, I'm not tired yet. We should go do that. And it says like as you get closer to where this thing starts turning into real stairs to go just just into a gorge, um, there's a sign and it says, be very careful because this is extremely difficult because it's like 300 steps down mm. and then back up. And this is just, just like the boiling water sign. Yep. It's like, it's extremely difficult. And then it says, there's a warning. It's like, if you have any asthma problems, any heart problems, do not go down this thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're all like, yes, this is going to be good, right? It's a good adventure. Climb down this thing and climb back up. Uh, Diane and I make it back up in like five minutes. We're sort of just like trudging up these stairs. Just completely exhausted, sit on a log. We're basically doing like 300 miniature squats. Yeah. You know, to get up these stairs. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's it's on a, I mean, it's a, it's a steel platform, of course, but it doesn't feel particularly safe. You're on the edge of a gorge, you know? So it's very exciting. We get up to the top and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Uh, and finally we spot Wendy in the distance down below, struggling up this, this uh, staircase <laughs> thing. And it was absolutely hysterical because we get up to the top and I was like, Wendy, have you had enough <laughs> for today? And she's like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> and we immediately just go home and just everybody just fills up with a bunch of food. And then it was like the most quiet night. Everyone's <laughs> just like, oh. It was leg day. It was leg day. Yeah. So uh, so the vacation was more of a activity vacation. I'll just run around, I'll take pictures, that sort of thing. Uh, but it was really good to sort of just get out and I find Seth something, I think, yesterday at the gym, just staring out into the parking lot yeah. <laughs> vacantly. Um, I saw you over there for like five minutes, just staring out the window. <laughs> what, is, what kind of an exercise? Is that? <laughs> so I find it's, uh, you know, it's, it, I feel like your your brain kind of expands to fill the space that it's given, which is why I really like uh, when we drive up to Iowa, for example, there's like a five hour drive and it's very open country. And even staring out into a parking lot, I just like, I find it very nice to have big scenery to like big open spaces to sort of just vacate into mm-hmm. my brain. 
um, parking lots are one of them. vacantly stare at. Yeah, mountain yeah. ranges are another. And so uh, I found it very, it was very relaxing in a different way. Not the activity, but the sort of when we get to the top of a mountain or something, just taking 10 minutes and just spacing out into a huge gorge was fantastic. <laughs> so that's what I did a lot of. Was it, uh, was it gorgeous? It was gorgeous. I made that joke so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the origin of the word? It might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Looks like a gorge. It's gorgeous. Which, when you apply it to like a person's, it's hard. Wow, you're, you look like a gorge. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of, horses. speaking of uh, things being a gas that occupy the space they're given, mm-hmm. let's talk about work. Mm. Today is the day, the first day of spearmint summer. First day of spearmint summer, uh, what we're doing is we're doing some experiments, mm-hmm. spearmint summer. Uh, the first experiment is we are switching to a four-day work week where the fourth day, Thursday, is a jam day, which is an extended work day that goes from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., basically. Um, so our total sort of hour tally for the week goes from 40 to 36 mm-hmm. in terms of sort of like where we're all in the office. We all tend to actually do a lot more stuff outside of that anyways. But um, but the idea being that spreading your workout across five days is may not actually allow you to get more done it just stretches the same amount of work over a longer period of time. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to do an experiment and see. Is that next, true? Is that true? So for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing this four day work week and we'll see what happens. The best part of the experiment is we won't be able to tell if that's true. Yep. Yep. So it's technically it's the, the sort of sloppiest kind of experiment possible. <laughs> so really when it's all done, we're, we have to just kind of dig deep and reflect and think, is this is this going well? Do does we, it seem good? Does it seem good? Mm-hmm. Uh, or does it seem like, you know, the ideal scenario is we at least just get as much done as we used to. And mm-hmm. then we also have an extra day of sort of uh, downtime where we can kind of take a step back and think about stuff. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's starting today. And then otherwise we, so we have a, we have a, a tool inside the studio called, we call it the Shanana feed. Mm-hmm. And it is sort of a uh, blogging slash twittering kind of a thing. A, a blit, blittering? A blitter. Blitter. Yeah. It's a twog. <laughs> twog. Something like a uh, dance move. Mm-hmm. So we we made this because we first it was it was an attempt to get away from meetings. And mm-hmm. the idea is anytime you make progress or have some kind of a milestone on a project, then you you write up a quick update about what happened and then you tag that thing. So if I want to know something that's, you know, that Sam has been working on, um, I can either look up posts by him or I can look up the project or whatever. And I can just get up to date on stuff without having to go, Hey Sam, can I take three hours of your time while you tell me about stuff that, you know, that I need to know. And this goes back to the idea of asynchronous work that we've been uh, sort of honing in the studio, which is making sure that people are able to just continue working with, without necessarily, uh, breaking other people's focus at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So you allow people to choose when they get the update as opposed to having to pull someone in for an update yep. in real time. Because a meeting a meeting should be about making decisions, not about getting information. Mm-hmm. Because the information should be available. Um, and so that's that's the and idea. You should already have it when you enter the meeting. Yeah. And so that, that's that kind of the idea behind the Shanana feed. Um, but with the start of Spearmint Summer, we realized that the Shanana feed actually had some untapped potential mm-hmm. that we are starting to dig into. And uh, we, so a, a week and a half ago, we kind of had a, a sit down chat to figure out, you know, what, what kinds of things can we do to, to reinforce like a really strong uh, culture among our studio. And we landed on this idea that we're calling always know why. Mm-hmm. And it's the concept that uh, you should always strive to understand the full context and importance of anything that you're doing. So if you are making video games like we are, then uh, depending on what your role is in the studio or whatever, you should have a a really good sense of what everybody's doing around you, how your work impacts those people and vice versa. And also you should have a a broader understanding of the industry that you're operating in, the position of the company that you're working in, in terms of like, what's your runway, you know, what are your sales looking like and stuff like that. Um, And so the more information you have, then the better decision-making you can do, right? And so, so we realized that we could actually use the Shanana feed as a means of sort of exploring this idea. So, so now we've moved from just sort of like quick uh, one sentence progress reports on things to using the Shanana feed for people to 
really dig deep. And any, at the end of each day, people go through and they talk about what, what they did that day, but also why, like, why did you do those things and uh, like really go deep and figure out, does this matter? Uh, should I be doing something else? Uh, could I have done this differently or better? You know, what are some problems with my process? Just kind of like really dig into what you did that day. And, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely been good. So we, we've only been doing it since last week so far. Mm -hmm. And already it's the case. Last week we were missing two people in the studio. Yeah. And so So this is kind of our first full on attempt. And Uh, even the first one, like this morning when I went to sit down and read all of them, it was like, it was like a short novel. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yep. Um, and because it's also the case that by, by writing these things, cause we can also comment on each other's posts. Right. And if we're all seeking to understand what each other is doing, then that means we ask each other questions as well, or make comments about stuff that other people are doing. And so when you write your, your post, it is a sort of an exploration of what you did, but you also need to, uh, convey it in a way that some other person who isn't an expert can actually understand it. Right. So it is practice in terms of thinking deeply about the things you're doing, but it's also practice in terms of communicating comp- complex ideas to somebody right. um, in a simple way. So uh, it's been really good. It's it's definitely going to take, I think, some time before we all feel like we know how to use it well, I think. Yeah, well, you, don't, you don't want it to be necessarily to become an administrative burden sort of piece where yeah. it's like, oh, fuck, I got to go write my seven pages of shenanigans feed thoughts. Well, I think like exercising, it will probably feel like that at the beginning. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh shit, like I got to do this thing. Um, but again, like exercising, once you've done it for a week or two, then you start to feel like, you know, this feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I can, can I can see, see what the, it's doing for me. I you. can That's see like, the benefits. It's also, I think a good, it's a good sort of ritual for the end of the day because, so I was writing mine yesterday and I'd been keeping track of my, uh, all my to-dos on just a piece of paper. And so I went through and sort of, you know, read all the stuff that I'd crossed out and then realized like I had done a just a tremendous amount of stuff over the course of the day. And so it's really fun to actually recap it for everybody, put it in context for everybody um, and make sure anything that's sort of weird, it gets explained in a, yeah. in a way that people can understand. It has, so. it has a, a really useful sort of side benefit. Cause not only does it help you understand what you've been doing and get, and understand why, but it gives you an opportunity to try to explain things in such a way that everybody else in your, in the, in the studio can understand, uh, which means having to put yourself in other people's shoes to ask, what is it that they would need to know about this in order mm-hmm. to understand what I'm doing? What's the most important part of this that is actually worth talking about to people? Um, so that you have to have already done all of the thinking of, of what's important and why and stuff, but then also think about it in the context of others, which is far harder, but also far more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what lets you dig the deepest is yep. to try to forget your own context and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Right. So a big question for this, though, is why we, we, we would require this. Because this is a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people would ask, uh, you know, if you just want someone to do a job, why are you making them do 20 minutes of writing? We don't just want people to do a job. Exactly. We don't want ourselves to just do a job. So I think while, while it's the case that everybody, everybody oftentimes wants autonomy, um, but I think it's, a, it's an interesting sort of buzzword nowadays that I don't know if people really understand what it means. Um, I think people think it means I get to do what I want. Correct. Yeah. And the reality is it means that you are empowered to make good decisions. And bad decisions. And bad decisions. And then be held responsible for that. And responsible for it. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually, it's a lot more, uh, it's, I think it's a bit more stressful than actually just being, say. Uh, Having a ha- to-do list handed to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but our goal is to make it so that, that everybody here has such a good sense of the context of the studio and all the operations we're doing that anybody at any, at any time could ask a really good question that could basically change the course of what we're doing. And the only way to do that is to sort of keep on honing the sense of what's happening, how it relates to everybody else and, uh, and get the th- sort of thought processes going for that. Yep. So and I, th- I think it also relates to something that I think we, we may have talked about uh, earlier, but the problem of, of definitions, which is uh, the idea that like if two people fundamentally disagree about a thing, then oftentimes it's because they actually are just using words differently. Correct. Like they mean different things when they say the same thing. So they could argue and bicker and whatever forever, and they will never actually understand each other, right? Because again, they don't have the full context of the discussion. They don't understand where the other person's coming from. So um, so the idea with the shenanigans feed is by seeing other people's thought processes going into the decisions that they're making, when you do go to have a discussion with them and you say, you know, what if we did this? Um, like, what if we changed this thing about what you're doing and reoriented it this way? You aren't just making a sort of a blind suggestion that they've mm-hmm. already thought about right. because you should know what they've already considered, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, so it, it should kind of like speed up understanding, speed up discussions and just allow all oh, of us And it to, makes feedback for that exact reason be far more valuable yeah. because the problem is most of the feedback that most of us get most of the time is, is from somebody who doesn't have the full picture, which means they just catch a little piece of a thing where they, they notice something that seems wrong, but they can't possibly know if it actually is wrong because they don't understand the context mm-hmm. in which that thing lives. And so whether or not it's actually good feedback then is basically you know, random and it's more likely to not be useful feedback because that person doesn't have the context. Yeah. So by getting everybody on board so that everybody has roughly the same broader picture of what's going on, then everybody's contribution to, to everybody else's work. Quality goes up. The quality goes way up and, and the amount of just useless stuff. Cause we, and I know, and we, we have this even with each other and um, with the studio in general, we have this all the time where people have suggestions that would be good suggestions uh, in a case where the context didn't matter. Right? right. But because they didn't have the context and we end up, we actually burn a significant amount of time explaining sort of, to people yeah. why that idea doesn't make sense because they didn't have some piece of information they would have needed to know that it didn't make sense. Yep. Um, so this is kind of an attempt to make this all asynchronous where we can just give all the info and then let people sort it through themselves so that they can now provide really good and useful feedback. Yeah. And it is the case. It is the case. I think that it's, it's pretty, it's hard to keep on top of everything. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's impossible. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the idea is by, by reading through what everybody's doing, then we get at least a, a decent sense of it, right? You're not going to like memorize what everybody did every day or whatever. Cause like we were actually talking the other day about how it's hard to even remember the names of all the college classes you took, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not the point. It, the point is to instill a, just a general sense of what's going mm-hmm. on. So you right. know what kinds of questions to ask. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what we're doing with a uh, spearmint summer. And we'll, we'll be reporting every week on just kind of how, how things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have one final thing to chat about before Ooh, we get yeah. questions, which is the following question. Do you die three times? All right. So let me, let do, me. Do you want to answer this first or you just want to launch into? Well, let it. me roll, let me roll it over you first. Okay. And then you can steamroll us. Make your my my so, gut response is, no, that doesn't make any sense. Well, so. I, <laughs> prove, prove me wrong. <laughs> Again, this is a definitions problem. <laughs> So what there's do you mean by die basically degrees of death and thing. live. So there's because I was I was listening to a, a new song from from Macklemore yesterday called Glorious and in it um, he has one of those one of those lines about how the last the they say that that the time you actually die is when the last person like the last time someone says your name or something like that as in when your memory the memory of you fades then like that's like the real the final death right there's that so one. when your legacy dies yes. And then there's, so of course, you could be alive and a hermit and therefore be dead. Potentially. So here's, so is, are there three forms of death? Because the other one is the Benjamin Franklin quote that I think I pulled out on the podcast before, which is that most people die at 25 and are buried until they're 75. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the one where it's like, there's a form of death that comes with essentially giving up on yourself or whatever your dreams are for the life you want to live. Right. And then the third one, of course, is just dying, being biologically ceased. Is it possible? Is it possible that these are all just metaphors? It might be possible. Except for the one about actually. Yeah. Except for the one about actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. They're all metaphors. So, but I think it's, it's an interesting concept to, to talk about these, these little deaths that might happen along the way or at different points. Well, I think all of these things uh, sort of revolve around the idea that your life specifically matters in the context of other people's lives. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so whatever you're doing. Uh, doesn't really matter unless other people are somehow impacted by it or engaged with it or whatever, right? So that's the idea of the legacy. Mm-hmm. Other people remembering you somehow matters. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. That's just how we feel about it's it. It's just important. Um, and similarly, you know, the idea of like when you physically die, um, you know, we talked about the idea of like a person being an event, mm-hmm. right? Like an event that is happening to the world. And as long as, as long as you are happening to other people, then you matter. Mm-hmm. because you're affecting their perception of the world. And so once you stop happening, then that's, that's it. That's it. Right. So unless again, unless in this case, now, if you're a hermit, you're already dead. Yes. Under this definition of actual physical death. Right. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Cause well, no, maybe. Because as a hermit, you are happening to, I guess, like a hillside or something. <laughs> well, you said <laughs> to happy. people. You said yeah. to people yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, yep. So I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I mean, I think it's just an interesting idea to talk about these, the different degrees to which you can essentially be alive. Be alive, right? So one is, have a, if you're having a legacy, the other one is being biologically living, and the other one is sort of living the way that you want to live. Well, I think it's right? actually, it's it's being, what it really is, is being 
alive in different forms. So being right. being it's being like an image in the minds of no, it's not even degrees. It's being being uh, being an entity that exists in the minds of other people. Ooh, right? okay. Basically, a mind ghost. So you yes. can be so you're a meme. You're a meme. That's, that's exactly right. Like the. The for, idea of Adam. Yeah, exactly. The persists. idea that, that everybody here, like they have some, they have some, uh, you know, imagining in their brain. They have some sort of uh, cobbled together figure in their brains, of, you know, of an Adam ghost, right? That is their belief of, of what I am as an mm-hmm. entity, right? So, uh, so wait that's a minute. That is literally, that is alive in your brains right now. Right. Hold like, on, hold on. Running around, you know, it's poking your, poking your brain pieces. So sure. are you saying that when, when you are thinking about somebody, you're actually just being haunted? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it's more like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're simulating them. You're being you're haunted by yeah. their... This is why it's actually gotten freaky with uh, with Diana and I because I use so many of our general sort of screams about stuff and like our dadisms from, from our dad growing up where he would just, like, if there's a spider, he'd be like, hideous! Yeah. And... <laughs> there's a hideous spider yeah, over there. That's the exact quote. And so I just, like, for some reason, I don't know, the last year, those just started coming out of me. And... Yep. I don't know what the fuck it's happened. Jeans. It's in my jeans. <laughs> but now it's gotten to the point where something will happen and Diana will, in a mocking voice, say the exact thing that I'm about to say. Yep. So she's got like a like a really good simulation. Except pretty soon, in her brain. it's not going to be a mocking voice and it's just going to be a, her voice. It's just going to yeah. be how she does well, it. Well, I think it's, it's mind, so mind ghosts because they, they, they literally possess you, right? Right. But if you're possessed by something long enough, Sort of like an animorphs, you know. Then you become it. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to stay <laughs> in, in falcon form, form right. for more than two <laughs> hours. Then, you, then you're there forever, right? If, and it's so it's the same deal. It's like is and really all all we are as people is a crazy complicated population of hauntings. Whoa, that are all talking to each other in our brains, and that we are taking on slowly, slowly taking on the form of the the dominant figures. And when they also say that you know you sort of take on many of the personality aspects of the five people you spend the most time with, mm-hmm. right? What about the four? Uh, no, but it has to be five. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, or maybe it's probably <laughs> up to five. Right. Beyond that, it's probably just you. You, you, know, you can't spend enough time with yeah. that mm-hmm. many people. You know, to to be effectively haunted. But I think really this is that's just a you know that's just a specific number given to the idea that haunting takes time. Right? It does, and you got to pay attention to to what's haunting you right now, right? And so, so whoever the dominant figures are, those are the ones that define you the most. Which of course is obvious. That makes so this, sense. this does mean that if you know if you if you are spending a lot of time with somebody you don't like, then you you got to leave because yeah. pretty soon you will be them. You will be them because they're haunting. But you. then you won't. But then you, then you then you have to not like yourself now, or just you are somebody else, and so it's fine. Okay, let me ask, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Are there some people who are haunt resistant? That's just that's where I was yeah. going because yeah. because I'm thinking about this. Where like if you're closed minded, yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're open minded, does that really just mean you let the ghosts in? Yeah. yeah. Holy that's shit. That's what it means. To have an open mind. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy <laughs> ghost. Okay, so so with the, so then this so then now I would argue that okay. that. It doesn't fucking matter who says your name last. It matters how many people you've haunted because even if they're not talking about you anymore, you're in there. You're in there. You, they are now you in some degree, right? When they have their own kids, they're, they're passing that shit on. You don't even need your So really when you, when you have kids, really what you're doing is you are making an easily accessible haunting receptacle. Yeah, exactly. Who you can haunt for like 18 years. Yeah. And a very focused haunting. Yeah, to the point where it's it's like burned in there. It's like, like a one on one permanent haunt. You're like, yeah. I'm like, and actually, this is what you're doing because you you are also controlling the environment that 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 uh, haunted individual lives in, so that they can be haunted by the people you choose, right? Anyone, because that's what parenting is all yeah, about. Yeah, because right? you're like, you hey, don't be hanging out with those with those exactly. other kids who are bad. Yeah. Hang out with these good kids, and then you make sure they get haunted. Mutual right? haunting. Yeah. This is also why, you know, you, you want to spend a lot of one-on-one time with your significant other sort of eye to eye because like most haunting takes place through the eyes. Yeah. That's how you right? get in. Yep. Like you that's how you there. send your ghost in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're and, saying and you can also do it through like the phone and stuff, but it's, 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 it's a lot fuzzier, you know, lower resolution kind of a. So you're haunting. saying the, the final time you die then on the, on the back end, on I'm the saying, legacy I'm side. you don't die. Well, you, you I mean, might you would get, at some point. No, no, no. Because oh, you're saying it's like a genetics thing. There's going to be marginal hauntings passed down. Yeah, but it's not like that. Forever. It's because now you've changed the entire path of all of everything for everything that interacts with your mind ghost. Because now their futures mm-hmm. are now determined by the existence of your mind ghost. So that even once your mind ghost itself has, you know, has been diluted to the point of being homeopathic, you know, so we're like 
far, far down the line. Sure. It doesn't matter anymore because the course that got you there was determined by your earlier mind ghost. So, so you, are your you saying that we are all dies. one, Adam? That's essentially what we're, we're all just. Ghosts. I'm no, I'm saying we're all a whole bunch of mind ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of mind ghosts, uh-huh. I want to get into our first question okay, go for because it. this segue was too good. So, <laughs> um, all right. So these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. They're asked by our bscotch ID users, and some are anonymous. Uh, our first question comes from Thirty Extra, who says, "I'm loving the book club page." However, the books on the page are all nonfiction. Any recommendation for works of fiction? Mm. So talking about mind ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most recent fiction books I read was a book called Infinity Born, which about every 10 minutes I was reading it just, just blew my fucking mind. Did you have to go stare into open parking lots? Seriously, I had like a, I read it and I had like an existential crisis <laughs> afterwards because I was just like, what the fuck does anything even mean? So, because the, the book covers a lot of like high technology stuff. It's set something like 20 or 30 years in the future. And it follows uh, several people, one of which is sort of this next level of genius, like a like a future Elon Musk, but much, much smarter. Mm. Right. Um, And his life's work revolves around uh, the idea of backing up human brains into these sort of like quantum computers, bioprinting new bodies for for people and then installing the brain copies into the bodies. Mm. So you get like nanites injected into your brain that are constantly mapping your neurons. And then uh, once a day, you would go and sort of back up, back up your brain map. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if you die, then a perfect copy of your brain is recreated and a new body, which is a perfect copy of your body, is bioprinted and you're back. They have the same concept in the culture series that I've talked about in the past on the so, so there's, they have all these rules about it, about like, it can only be used to restore backups, not mm-hmm. to, not to copy because that would make the legal system completely collapse. Right. right? Because like a perfect copy of you. Of you yeah. Because, because it has all of your memories. It can do everything that you can do. It can sign your name. Exactly. It has your fingerprint. It knows your social security number. And as far as literally anybody could tell, including itself, it's, it is you. Right. Right. And so, uh, so I guess the question is like, if, if that's true, if you could make a backup of yourself, even though you've died and that now is Mm -hmm. in the world continuing to exist and do everything that you do. And as far as anybody else is concerned, including it, it's still you. Did you die? Yep. Yeah. You died super hard. You just also kept going. Yeah. You you just, you, you fully possess. Well, right, right. Your mind ghost fully possessed another body. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, so this, this this, this comes back to the event idea that you, you're a, you're a collection of processes that are currently happening. It's like if you had had a birthday party followed by a July 4th celebration, you had two parties. One party ended, another party began. Maybe it's the same guest list, same cake and everything else, you know, but the party stopped once and then it picked up again. Well, the, the idea now is like, so right now we have this idea of death as you stop existing, right? But really then if you go to this model of sort of being able to back yourself up, this is, this comes sort of into like a programming territory mm-hmm. where there is now a template of you that like that's that's what you are and then there are just these instances of you that get spawned mm-hmm. out into the world. Mm-hmm. They go and do stuff, yep. but you're still alive because what you are is that the particular backup, unique consciousness. Right. Oh, I, I guess that's where I would disagree. Like, to me, you're not the template. You're, you're the, the instance. Ba- oh, right. Right. You're, you're the instance. Yeah, you, yeah. like, as in what the word you means, mm-hmm. as in, because that, all that means is, who, like, specifically yeah, you, yeah. right? Yep. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But the crazy thing <laughs> is, the crazy thing is, like, Adam, you back up your brain, right? Sure. Uh, you get hit by a bus. You're, My, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, I'm dead. Tomorrow, Adam... Walks into work. He's like, yeah. "Fuck! I hit my bus yesterday, guys, and I died." <laughs> well, be my clone got hit by a bus. You say, you say, died. you say, my backup. And now I get to live. Right? You say, my backup got hit by a bus, uh, and I say, "Hey, do you remember last week when you said blah blah blah?" And your copy will say, "Yeah, I remember when I did that." Mm-hmm. Right? That's be- just convenience of language, though. Right. right? It would be too confusing to be like, "Oh yeah, my past self." I, you know, that was my ninety second self that did yeah. that actually. And, right. Well, because because effectively, it doesn't matter who did it. Because that version of you still has all the memories, right? Yeah, doesn't matter. So, so why? So then you wouldn't differentiate because what would be the point? You know. 
So you'd yeah. still say I, but in the same way, like when you say but I think, right now, even though there aren't clones of yourself, there's not a template backed up. Somewhere, yeah. When you say I right now, you're just a collection of fucking computers that are all talking to each other using chemicals. Right. Right. And when you say I, you mean some vague abstraction over across, you know, all of, all of these little right. tiny. Because the reality computers. is, of course, like if you're thinking about back when you're a kid, like maybe before, even before being a teenager. And no, no part of your body was the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you None use of the word, cells. You tell stories. You're like, oh yeah, I fell off a trampoline. Or similarly, when you're playing Mario and you your character dies, you go, "I fell down I a hole." Yeah, because really, I, that was that's, just, of that's just part. That's just part of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah other other good books as far as uh, fiction stuff is concerned, which we could put some up. So there. that was that, that was Infinity Born. Yeah, was that book? Infinity Born's good. I um, recommend. It's crazy. The ones that we recommend often are Codex Alera, which is a huge book series. If I think sh- that's the one that I don't recommend. Correct. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Sam and Seth recommend it, and I <laughs> so don't. So flip a. It, flip turn, a it turns out people can have different. Yeah, it's crazy. So stuff, flip yeah. a three sided dice. Yeah. Uh, the one that Adam recommends is the Culture series, but Seth doesn't. Also, I don't, and Sam doesn't. I've never read it. Oh, right. no, Sam doesn't. I'm indifferent. Yeah, I tried reading it, and I was like, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> just depends. Yeah. Hey, everybody uh, has different tastes. Uh, and, and, then, and then literally all of Neil Stevenson, mm-hmm. pretty much. The other book that is fantastic is not a fiction book, but it's written in really good storytelling uh, is actually the the biography of Abe Lincoln, which is the team of rivals book. If you want something to blow your socks off as far as storytelling goes and just to sort of inspire the crap out of you, that's a good one. And it's thick. It's like is, it, uh, is it, is it the storytelling and sort of like in, in the fictional senses and they fill in all the gaps with stuff that could be true, but isn't necessarily. No, I think they, they managed because everybody used to write letters back then. Yeah. They like have all of them. Okay. So they, the, the woman who wrote it did like just an, unreal amount of research and was able to really thoroughly stitch this thing together. Okay, so, so I don't, I don't so believe it really is like fully nonfiction. Yes. Okay. It's fully nonfiction, but it's, it's done. It's told in a really good way that it feels more like just a story that you're yeah. reading about. So cool. I would recommend that one. It's incredible. I'll have to get, I'll have to get on that. Um, all right. So next question comes from anonymous who said, I just want to thank you for your work. I started making games a couple of years ago after being diagnosed with CHF and COPD. I enjoy your podcasts and they give me inspiration to fight and continue on. Mm. So yeah, thank you. Uh, that's, that sucks a lot. Yeah. That those things happened, but, but it's good that you're, you know, keep it on, keep it on. We appreciate that. We could be some people to mm-hmm. give some light to your life. Yeah. That's good. Keep on making games. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you get one done, you want to kick it over our way so we can play. Yeah, we'll play it. Sweet. All right. Next question comes from French toast mafia. Uh, who says yes to back catalog arcade app Four ninety nine would be cool. If the games are rebalanced would, I would pay for future releases as IAPs a la Zen pinball. So a uh, couple episodes ago, we were talking about the idea of releasing a butterscotch arcade, which would be a game where we take all of our old free games. We package all of them up together as one app, rip out all the IAPs, rip out all the ads, um, re- rebalance them so that they aren't freemium. Uh, titles anymore. They're just pay once and you just, there they are. Um, so we'll that's do, what this uh, is referring to. Or we'll do a pay daily model where you just have to pay just every just day. Every day. Yeah. Where you the, work your tithe your income. Yep. Oh, actually, ooh, yeah. Do you think we can do like a butterscotch tithe? Tithe? Yeah. Like we'll just start a church, right? I guess, I guess that's kind of what, uh, uh, what subscription is. Yeah. And that, and Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon is just a tithing system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we do need to figure out how to sort of get that religious exemption flag. Yeah, you know, set up a a building, put some kind of a symbol somewhere. The Church, like of, we could, the church of Shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, get that up. get that tax free status. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is something that we're we're talking about doing. We actually we do have a couple extra questions about the Butterscotch Arcade, which we had. Like this is this is still just kind of an idea. We don't mm-hmm. have concrete plans. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see what people are thinking about it. So we have a question from uh, Dormouse85, uh, who says, Longtime fan, I have buttered up every game, bought crash-ins on Android, Steam, and GOG. I would gladly pay for a Bscotch Arcade if it includes Bscotch perks and removal of free-to-play mechanics. So that's yeah, what we're that's, trying to do. That, exactly would, be the, would, be, that yeah. would be the plan. So thanks for the, for the support on that. Um, and then we have another question from Zarnoff, who says, I've paid to turn off ads in your free games. Free is in quotes, by the way, which I can respect. Uh, <laughs> will that will that count somehow when I buy the Beescotch Arcade? Should I just skip the Beescotch Arcade? Uh, you, you know, just do what you want. I think we problem is we can't 
Yeah, we can't because it's we not can't our change, store. Yeah, so on the stores, we can't change the purchase price for you based on something else you've done, mm-hmm. right? Because like you're logged in, say, to like your Apple account right. or your Steam account, and buying the game is just that's just between you and Valve or you and Google or whatever. And unfortunately, we like we have no. Which would be awesome if you could do that. It would be nice if somehow it, it would be possible if there was a uh, like a one-off couponing system, sort of a thing, you know, right. like like a you know discount code stuff. But for some idiotic reason, none of those major stores <laughs> have any kind of a discount system. Right. You could either uh, so you could hand out keys for free on Steam, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's and all that's we got. It. That's all we got. That's the best yeah. we can do. So, yeah. so, and we don't even know if we would put this on Steam. I guess it would be no, but I don't know. Who does? No, we probably would. I think we absolutely will do it. Yeah, if we yeah. make it. If we, if we it. do it. Um, but we're going to. I'm going to. I'm going to try to force it to happen by declaring. By just it. declaring it. Because as we all know, as soon as we make an announcement, <laughs> we definitely follow <laughs> yep. through. Definitely every time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next question comes from Mitrone. Support question: Have you guys ever encountered a reported bug or problem you couldn't fix? Yes. Ever? Yeah. When people had broken their own shit. Ever had to well, offer a <laughs> refund to disgruntled users as a consequence? So yes. I will say. Yeah. One of our most common support requests is somebody saying, I didn't use your cloud system, then my phone broke, or yeah. then um, somehow my save got corrupted, or got I threw a phone. I got a new phone. Can you recover my save? And we're always just like, no. Because what, really what can we do? Yeah. It's gone. That's what the you know, we, system we provided is for. that service and you just didn't use it. Well, this is just the way it's going to be. Yeah. Um, we're not time travelers. There's yeah. that one. There's uh, we, we get, as Sam noted, we have many ones that we cannot fix that we then discover from people hacking their games and then wasting our time. Yeah, cut it out. It uh, sucks. But uh, but the, there's there's one in particular that's driven me crazy since the inception of Bscotch ID, mm. which is that in Bscotch ID for our uh, free to play games that have coins in them, you can buy coins, particularly. Uh, I guess coins are a thing that you earn and then spend, right? Yeah, so quadruples quadruples you can buy the balloons, right? And then the other games, uh, they're just a thing that exists. Um, but we actually sync those with our with the Bscotch ID service as a as a unique value, and it's done as kind of banking system, you know, where uh you can add to it, um, but you it doesn't it doesn't like max it doesn't take the max of like all your devices or whatever. It's like literally just like adding coins to a pile. And so it has this carefully structured mechanism to make sure that if you spend coins somewhere, they're now spent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way people can't cheat and hack and whatever. Uh, but for some reason, very rarely, but frequently enough that we get reports of it, all of a sudden people's coins will just be at zero mm. just suddenly. And there's not actually that much code that goes into making this happen. There's very little. And so we've got, we've gone through with a fine tooth comb. We're Repeatedly. Just like, what <laughs> what could yeah. be doing? Don't know what's we doing. have no idea. It's, it's a total like the, the actual code that involves sort of like moving the the numbers between the server and the device and everything. It's maybe like twenty lines of code. Yeah, man, I'm so glad we're not just, a bank. Just yeah, yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> the shit they have to do. Oh my yeah. god. So so because you know, they they because a bank can't just go. Oh shit, we deleted your 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 thousand dollars. Uh, no problem. We'll just. Put it back. We'll just put it back, right? Because now all of a sudden the IRS is like, wait a minute, are they just like generating they just money? Ge- they're just like changing the numbers. Wait, money account? isn't even real? <laughs> That's true, actually. I know. Uh, but banks actually do that, where they'll just suddenly delete your money or put your money in somebody else's account and whatever. So that actually does happen. Now listen, happen. I I have to go on a very brief tangent about, about money, because this is something that blew my fucking mind when I first started <laughs> taking economics courses, is most people don't realize this. But, uh, it's, it's easy. Like on one hand, it's easy to say like money isn't real, you know, ha ha ha. Like it, like it's it's an imaginary construct, but what most people don't realize is that, uh, only about 10% of the money that is moving around actually does exist. Physically, you mean? Physically. Mm. Because what happens is, uh, you put your money into a bank. Like let's say you put a thousand dollars into a bank. They have a requirement that they have to keep 10% of it in cash uh, so that they can, you know, move cash around, right? So they take that 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 $900 and they loan it to somebody. So that person has $900. What do they do? They spend it on something. So that $900 moves to a third person. Mm-hmm. What do they do with it? Put it back in the bank. So the bank mm-hmm. had $1,000. They have $1,000 in your account. Somebody else shows up with $900, puts it back in the mm-hmm. bank. Mm-hmm. Now there's $1,900, right? 
Mm-hmm. So the bank can take that $900 they just got, loan 890 of it out, mm. or 810 of it out to somebody else. That goes to another person. That person right. puts it in the right. bank, right? And so what it actually comes out to be is that it's about a 10 to 1 ratio that about 90% of money that banks have recorded like having in accounts does not actually physically exist. Interesting. And is that what they use to pay their CEOs with? Uh, yeah, they use all of it. To all so all that so money. would you say... Well, this, this is why this is why uh, there are issues with. There's a concept called a run on the bank, where if everybody goes to the bank to try right. to withdraw their money at the bank once, implodes. the whole economy implodes because that that money literally doesn't exist. Mm. It just doesn't exist. So technically, if you put your money in the but bank, but the feds are on the hook for it anyway, which means in the end we all pay for it in the future because we were that imaginary money is actually the money from our children and our children's children in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And this this is why, for example, like uh, sort of the Great Depression. Um, you know, everything just kind of went to shit because everybody went to the bank to pull their money out, which actually exacerbates the problem because now all of a sudden the banks collapse because they don't have this money. They, they just they, nobody has this money. Yep, it's there isn't it isn't there. But the federal right? government has insured all this money that doesn't exist. Right. So in order in order to get around that, the federal government, if this did happen, the federal government would probably have to print money. Yeah, which make inflation go up. Which make inflation go up like crazy because, as we just discussed. As soon as you put a dollar into the bank, it becomes like ten or fifteen dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So why is the margin only ten percent? Couldn't you? It's just that decay. Or I mean, why are they set it that why way? Why is it yeah. a requirement? Oh, because people want to make as much money as possible. because they because mm-hmm. the idea is money needs to move around the economy to keep yeah. things going, right? And that usually happens through the form of loans and stuff right, like that. Right. So people start businesses. So banks need to be able to loan money out. Um, so would you say it's similar to our discussion earlier about? The last time you die is when your ghost stops haunting people. Uh huh. So you're kind of like a dollar bill in this case, right? Yeah. You are duplicating yeah. yourself around where you, you exist as a lot of sort of ghostly instances, but really there's only so one. It's the same so thing how, with the money. <laughs> so how would you have like a run on a person, right? If you wanted to basically, if you're like, okay, now a person's basically, they mm, exist okay. as a single entity, but now they're banked. They're, they've been loaned out now. As well, a they're possessing a lot of people. Well, there's the, people. well, here's the thing. Unlike unlike money, you know, a person can't be withdrawn from another person. Can they not? Though? Probably not. Right. A, a person's ghost just it just keeps getting duplicated. Yeah. I don't. So this, this is the old Buddhist saying, like the what a light that gives does not be is not diminished. By lighting others or something like that. Yeah, it's like when you take a candle and light another right. candle with it. You know, you just you don't have less just fire. Have you fire. have more you fire. You got two flames now. Great, but you have a lot less wax over time. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, but that was that was something that when I first learned about, it, I was just like, it's kind of like uh, Adam uh, when you know you're teaching we, at the beginning when you were teaching Andy all this stuff about how the internet works mm-hmm. and his like once he's once he was like really getting it, his first comment was, "How the fuck does any of this stuff actually work function?" <laughs> yeah. Because the foundations of this are insane. Yeah. It's a rickety yeah. structure. It is nuts. Yep. It's okay. amazing that anything works. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that, yeah, it, it all it all works because we just want it to keep working. Yeah, it's, and it's we our, all just keep our it collective going. will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and speaking of, of Andy and Sure both, uh, today is, we're celebrating, celebrating their one year butterscotch yeah, so anniversary. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. We're going to go out for first barbecue after this podcast. Yeah, they've, they've come a long way. We've all come a long way. Yeah. Uh, we've all learned Facts. a lot. It's been. It's been fun. So thanks, dudes. Yeah. Um, all right. So next question comes from Jaeger Sama, who says, from what I've gathered, you don't use any paid advertising for your games. Correct. Is this based primarily on a data source, budget constraints, or some other factor? This is based on the fact that premium games have a cap in terms of how much money they make if yep. they don't have any IPs in them, which ours do not, which means that the maximum value we extract from someone on mobile, if they pay full price for the extract, game. Extract, kind of like drilling for oil. Yep. You yeah. know, is about like each player lines up, we just punch a hole yeah, in their yep. chest. Just mm-hmm. steal their- Suck those dollar bills <laughs> in their bank account. Yeah. So the maximum money they're we get it's fine. Yeah. is about <laughs> 350 right? Is that what it comes out to? About on mobile? 350 mobile. 350 per purchase of the game. Uh, because thirty percent of it goes to the stores, so and that's and that, you have to pay taxes on it and do all that stuff. Once correct. We, once so we finally get it, it ends up being just you know basically a penny. So <laughs> the problem is that with the the only way you can advertise is if it costs less to get a person to buy your game than it does to than it does. This is referred to as the CPI, cost per install. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if it costs less to get that person than the money that you get from the person, then you're in business, right? You get and a enough money less machine. to matter. Correct. Yeah. There's a margin that you want to make sure you're within. If because. you're making one cent more than, yeah. <laughs> no, and, we're time. and if you didn't spend money that you shouldn't have to get them. So like, cause what we just, this is a slight tangent, but one on Apple, they started doing 
advertisements, right? Surge, search ads. And we found, we're like, holy crap, actually, like it worked. We saw that we had a whole bunch of people going because they, they gave they gave everybody like a free trial sort of a thing. Like, oh crap, we saw a lot of people go from like click the ad to get into Crashlands, right? And then we look and we discover that if you if you do a search for Crashlands in the in the app, the first thing that pops up is the ad for Crashlands. The second thing is Crashlands itself. Mm-hmm. So we would have been the top result. We would have been the top result regardless because <laughs> yeah, it turned out that the the biggest uh, the biggest converter. Um, and the search, they show you the search terms that were used was just Crashlands was the title of our right. fucking game. So right. it was people, means, we were paying to get the so had people. We, had <laughs> we been paying, because this was a free trial, right? right? But had we been paying, that actually just would have meant that, yeah, we still would have had, we may have had a, a positive margin on that. But since we didn't need to do it in the first place, it would have still gotten all of those same purchases. Right. We would have been losing money. Right. So the, the, yeah, the reason we don't, we don't do the ad spend is just because it's actually, because of the way we've chosen to do our business, uh, which is not providing a bunch of other ways for people to pay us within the games, then that means that the, the lifetime value of any given player is basically like three bucks on mobile. It's just exactly the cost of the game. Plus after all the cuts and the cost per install has been going up drastically over time to the point now where it's like advertising costs. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know what it is now. It's more like bad advertising. I think it's like it's eight, eight, eight bucks. Is it eight bucks now? Like Cause some, a game like clash of clans or whatever else oftentimes have a, can have something like a lifetime value of you know, $20 on average. average. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they they'll just they'll just buy the ads, and they're just that's a money making machine, which is great, good for them. Well, um, and I think they just get to print money. What, yeah, you know, there's a it's it's a supply demand, it's a bidding system, mm-hmm. the way that that ads work. And so what you have is you've got Clash of Clans, Candy Crush, uh, Clash Royale, basically these sort of like top ten money makers on mobile, each of which are making you know in the millions per day. Mm-hmm. Um, some several of them are over a billion dollar a year games. And so they're all competing with each other, basically, yep. for for the maximum exposure. And so they're buying up as many ads as they can to Which try to, drives to, up to drive up their user base. But there's only so many ads to be seen mm-hmm. because there's only so many people playing games and, and seeing ads. Because what they're right. actually buying is your t- attention time, right. right? Which is finite. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, so there's a, like, let's say every day there's a billion ads that go out. It's probably a fuckload more than that. But let's just say there's a billion ads that go out every day. You know, if if Candy Crush is buying 200 million of them, Clash Royale's buying 200 million of them, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, you know, so they're all bidding against each other and they have a shitload of money to do that. And then at the end, at the very end, there's like 1% of the ads left for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, also, and all we ads have are to not know. equal because they're buying also position when it comes to right, ads too. Right. Because right. the better, the better they, the more they pay, mm-hmm. uh, the better visibility their ads will, yep. will get. And so then at the end is us yep. getting the scraps where we're actually, we're like when you buy ads to advertise your game, you are, you are competing against mm-hmm. king.com mm-hmm. and super, those ads. yeah, super right. selling, whatever. Uh, for those ad, for that ad space, and it's just it's just getting real expensive. Yeah, we can't it. do it. We literally yeah, can't. can't do it. Only they can. So, uh, all right. So I think that's all the time we have. This got this this I, this I liked this episode. It got weird. It got weird. It was good. Oh, we should mention. Um, so we're looking at uh, getting our merch store up and running soon. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah Monique's crushing crushing the merch store. Yeah. So one so. thing that we need is that we're going to be we're going to be ordering uh, two different two different styles of mugs for coffee with butterscotch uh, with some little goofy sayings on them and stuff. And we need help picking which two. So if you're say in the market for a mug, go to podcast.net. We'll put just a, a link up there to a form where you can pick sort of your top two uh, choices from the couple of goofy sayings that we have. So I'm not going to say any of them because I don't want to, you know, they are from the, it. from the podcast. Mm-hmm. So they should be familiar somewhat. Yeah. So, so uh, lend us a hand and, and, Cast your vote for which ones we should get, and then we'll get them in the in the shop for when it is up and running soon. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all the time we have. So, thank you, everybody. Uh, we'd like to thank our studio wrangler, Monique, for putting this episode together. Our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. And the Bees Gotch dev team, Andy Tifa and Sure, for continuing to jam on stuff uh, while we're doing the podcast. And a special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums up and running and pruned and, you know, jerk-free and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and of course we'd like to thank our listeners for coming back every week to listen to us. And if you want to get more involved in the butterscotch community, hop into our discord server, which is up at uh, bit.ly slash BS discord. Come say hi. We're in there. Uh, we also don't advertise this show. We depend completely on word of mouth and good reviews. So if you want to help us grow, tell your friends, just tell everybody, you know, head over to Apple podcasts or wherever else you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. 
give us give us a review. Say say a few words about you know this podcast about all the ways that it's changed your life. Mm-hmm. You know that has changed your torso. All, all the ways in which we've possessed you permanently. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, the you whole, are just us now. Really, so. the whole point of this is we're just haunting everybody with our mind ghosts. You got a little yeah, bit of butterscotch so. in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, every every little bit helps. Everything, uh, every little sort of comment and star and all that stuff, it it goes a long way. So, uh, so we'd appreciate that. So, thank and, you all and, for listening. Uh, and also, Seth's going to add something to this end part right now about mailbox.bscotch.net. Yeah, which is a place you could go if you want to send us like a physical <laughs> item or something. You know. Like that would that would be how you would do it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add that part. Yep. So all right. Perfect. So thank you for listening, <laughs> uh, and we'll see y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.